When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I write a weekly column for Cracked called The People vs. Adam Todd Brown, and I use that column to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. And then I come on this show to defend those opinions. Joining me today... This is his second appearance on the show, which almost certainly makes his recent move to California worth it. He writes a lot of the quick fix articles you read on Cracked every single day, and he also uses all three of his names, which means he's a little bit smarter than most of you. Ladies and gentlemen, David Christopher Bell. Also joining me, he sits right next to me at work, so I see him almost every time I'm in the office, and I can't begin to tell you how much that monthly interaction means to me. Randall Maynard made this guy his own action figure. He does hasn't done that for anyone else, though. Hey, fuck you, Randall. Ladies and gentlemen, Soren Bowie. David Bell. You're here. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. I'm tired. He's, I uh, stayed up late watching Congo. Yeah, we talked about that last night. Yeah. You watched Congo. Why? I try to do it at least once a year. <laughs> Just uh, to remind me that that movie exists. Stay fresh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep the Congo trivia <laughs> on the tip of your tongue. I understand. Soren Bowie, you were up late, too. Woo! Writing my column. You nice. emailed me late as shit. Yeah, I did. I was finishing something up. I tried to write it while we were away at Just for Laughs and realized that that was going to be impossible. Yeah. Working at shit like that yeah. never works. Doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, you went to Just for Laughs. How was that? It was amazing. It's really fun. Yeah? Yeah. It's a lot of poutine there. I don't understand. Everyone in Montreal is a, is a beautiful human being. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But the food is basically all hangover food. Everything there is fries with gravy on it and cheese curds and then donuts and every type of grilled cheese you can imagine. It's disgusting, but everyone is gorgeous. That all sounds really amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. I went to Montreal. The website I worked for before this was owned by Playboy. And Playboy sold all their digital shit to this international porn conglomerate called Manwin. And uh, they were going to keep me on. Manwin? Yes. Right? Wow. How perfect is that for a porn company name? And uh, they were going to keep me on, but I went and met with them, and they were like the worst fucking people. So I called Cracked and asked if I could work here. And they said yes. Did you fall in love with Montreal when you went? I let them fly me to Montreal. I had already taken the Cracked job first. But I didn't tell them that. I let them fly me out to Montreal, and uh, me and Diana hung out in Montreal. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Everyone should go to Montreal. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a good city for being underage. I went when I was 17. And the drinking... Whoa. You know the drinking age there is just, just don't be a jackass about it. Like, that's basically what it comes down to. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. it's. I did notice that. There were a lot of kids there wandering through the streets who were just being assholes. They were, like, really, really drunk. And I was like, that kid shouldn't be drunk. That kid is hammered. <laughs> At least they're not driving. All right, Brett, hit it. You know, the hardest part of this show for me is the first few minutes. 
because I spend all that time asking everyone else what's going on in their life when all I really want to do is talk about the important work I've been doing since last week. That's why this segment is called This Week in Me. Soren, we didn't do this last time you were here, did we? No, but I'm excited. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I do. I haven't caught up on my Adam lately. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad this is coming as a surprise. All right, we can fade it out as much as I'd like to stop and fight dance for a little while. Brett, how are you doing? Great. Okay, good. You don't have to move the microphone, Brett. Brett can yell. I can project. Yeah, good. All right, that was cool. That was good interaction. That's good. You acknowledged that he was a human, and yeah. now it's over. That yeah. was fantastic. Sir, and you haven't been listening to the show, but I'm a major character now. Yeah. Who was it? What was that? He, he, what was that voice? <laughs> I don't know. The thing that runs the computer made a noise. (laughs) Brett has become an internet sensation. He was on the podcast. Which one was it? About Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so stunning radio when when Brett is on. (laughs) Yeah, it it was a lot like this. I can see why people love it so much. My dad spoke to me. I I brought it up last week. My dad started listening. Yeah. He said you curse too much. Well, fucking A, dad. (laughs) Sorry. And he likes cursing, too. And he said I curse too much? Yeah. Well, I'm going to wear that like a badge of honor. Go for it. That's it. Do your show. Sorry, Brett's <laughs> dad. All right. <laughs> My column this week is about uh, movies that we will never stop remaking. But who wants to talk about that for the podcast? Instead, we are going to talk about underrated movie remakes. People bitch about remakes all the time. It's very rare that someone praises a remake. Yeah, well, it feels like you're being like something's being stolen from you. If you had something that you liked as a child... And you felt like it was perfect or it was seminal for you. And then they remake the movie because, obviously, then you're going to cash in on that. And they understand that there's already an attached love for the franchise that even if you hate it, you'll still go see it. But you feel like they're stealing something from you, that they're giving it to the next generation. You say, no, that was mine. Right. One of the movies you wanted to talk about was Old Boy. Yeah. And is this a movie that you feel is underrated or... Yeah, I think that the 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 remake of it... The Josh Brolin version. The Josh Brolin version... Spike Lee joint. ...is underrated. I think it's fantastic. I have so many things to say to you about that. (laughs) This is great. I have never seen either one, and I feel like I need to. Now I really... I almost watched the Josh Brolin version uh, a few weeks ago well okay so the old one the old old boy <laughs> was fantastic i won't take anything away from that it's a very very good movie subtitles i'm assuming yeah 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 it's all in korean yeah that's fine so i didn't go into this with very high expectations and then i watched it they do a lot of shot for shot stuff which i get they did that with like let me in yeah and yeah, yeah basically they're just opening up to an audience who goes subtitles no thank you <laughs> right exactly but Josh Brolin is fantastic in it. Everybody in it is really, really good. And I'll say this because David will hate it. I (laughs) thought that he playing uh, that Josh Brolin playing the part of a character who's been locked away for twenty years by himself in a room. Yeah, I can see. I've never seen anyone do that that better. He was wild eyed and a little crazy and dangerous, and I liked it. So he's probably like Josh Brolin outside. Any regular day. Yeah, pretty much. That's why he's so great. Whenever you're playing someone that's close to who you really are, that's your best performance. Is he really? Did he snap? That's, Did a few too many bullies try to knock him down a, a hill on his bicycle? That's why, that's why Matthew McConaughey killed it in Magic Mike. <laughs> that's exactly who Matthew McConaughey is. Yeah, I've never said... So, David Bell, why do you hate Old Boy so much? I gotta say, Josh Brolin was really good in it, but watching Old Boy after being so attached to the original, all I could think 
every scene was like, wow, this is kind of neat. It was a lot better in the original, but this is neat. Like the Samuel Jackson torture where he cuts the thing. It's just... Yeah, for those of you who don't know, there's a scene where Samuel Jackson is lying on a table with his head hanging off the end, and Josh Brolin is cutting out sections that he's drawn <laughs> on his neck so that he can rip his head off with just his hands. But in the original, it's the guy taking teeth out of another guy with a hammer, with the, the prying end oh, of okay. a hammer. <laughs> and it's just way more brutal. And, yeah, I don't know. That uh, seems like a weird change. There was a lot of weird changes to me. The, the father shooting his family scene, mm-hmm. that really bothered me. Because if you notice that scene, there's a scene where a guy rampages with a shotgun, and he's shooting his family. And it's set, I believe, music's over it. And it feels like that's to cover up the fact that every time he walks into a new room, his family's, like, reading. But he's been shooting people with a shotgun. Yeah. So it's like the weirdest thing of just every new room, they seem to not hear the shotgun. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. In my own mind, I qualified it and I justified it, which was he shot his daughter. That was the first gunshot. His wife came down the stairs, the stairs to see what it was. He shot her. And then he walks around the house for like four and a half minutes, which means it's a huge house. And he finds his son, who, yeah, arguably, he's sleeping, which is strange. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, it's a big house, so I'm willing to let that slide. That's a sign of a good movie, when you have to talk yourself into why it doesn't suck. (laughs) Strong writing. Also, Shredo Copley is fantastic, and he plays the antagonist. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's the guy from District 9. That's the guy, yeah, Yeah, from A-Team, District 9. He's awesome in it. Very, very good villain. I liked the whole thing. I thought they did new, original things with this remake. The the old movie, they they kept basically every single thing that worked in the original old boy. There's shot-for-shot stuff that's beautiful, but... They also added a bunch of new elements that I really liked. And I thought, man, this is a really original, unique work. Everybody worked very hard on this, clearly. I like it. How's Josh Brolin's Korean? Does he handle the <laughs> dialogue fine? Yeah, yeah. Everything, you know, he's. it sounds like he's a native. <laughs> I'm sure. He's a good actor. He is a strong actor. David Bell, what's the first movie you want to talk about? I guess since this is more recent, this I don't think people thought this was that terrible, but the new Carrie remake... I would actually argue is better than the original, the Brian De Palma one. Right. Uh, That's a bold stance. I guess so. The director, I love Brian De Palma, but Kimberly Pierce, who directed this one, way more qualified. She directed um, Boys Don't Cry. And this was, I felt, a lot more relevant now because it was on the subject of bullying. I thought Julianne Moore did a way better performance as the mother. And I'm not usually a fan of CGI, but I thought CGI was fine for this. Yeah, I actually saw this. I thought it was fine, too. I guess I didn't really even think of whether it was better than the original. The original is so good, but it's also so fucking cheesy. Like, every other movie made yeah. in the is 70s. It, would you say that it's better because now it's clearly got more lasting power, given that we're in a new generation? Because the old one was very, very good, but clearly it doesn't. It spoils on the shelf after a while. It seems yeah. really cheesy now. And it's very Brian De Palma. Like, the beginning credits to that one is just a bunch of naked teenage girls. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. What, are, what are we doing here, Brian? Oh, I like, hated that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking guess, worse. Oh, yeah, me, me too. Oh, all those <laughs> naked high school girls. Uh, Oops. Uh, get out of here, <laughs> girl. Fucking Brian De Palma every time. I watched... Carrie, the the first version of Carrie, again for the first time like four or five years ago, and I was really high on synthetic weed and Robitussin. Synthetic weed is bath salts? No, well, it's like the bath salts of marijuana. Oh, yeah. It's like nail polish. Stuff you buy at the the, the counter at 7-Eleven. My very first column it cracked was about 
<laughs> smoking synthetic weed. It was great. But I feel like it brought back some repressed memories. Specifically, I think my mom let me watch Carrie way too young. Because oh, there were scenes in, like, Tommy, I know that guy's I know that name. Like, I recognized all of it. But I could have just been, like, having feelings of doom because I was especially high. But I feel like she let me watch that movie a little too young. And it shaped a lot of my thinking. Yeah. I mean, is that weird? It, this is a movie that I'm amazed that they could remake this because it's it's very much in the vein of a school shooting. It's like a girl yeah. who gets uh, tortured by students for a while and then kills all of them and then goes on a rampage through the streets. Like she right, leaves right. the school and goes on a rampage. One thing I will say that I like about the original, though, is the absolute like lawlessness in which Brian De Palma shoots. He had those yeah. teenagers in the in the gymnasium when they're all screaming and shooting and the hose goes off. There's a scene where a girl gets hit in the face with that hose, and <laughs> and she got hit so hard, and she turned sideways that it blew out her eardrum, this hose, the pressure Jesus. of this hose, and she immediately passed out from the pain. So you can watch this woman being sprayed in the face for a good three seconds, who's just out. Nice. That's exciting. They didn't do that in the remake, did they, David Bell? That's true. I think that's missing from a lot of modern horror. <laughs> The, like, the, the genuine peril. Yeah. Wanton abuse. Like in The Exorcist, the mom, members. the mother got pulled by the grips into the wall because she was getting thrown and she went to the director and she was like, that really hurts. Can you tone it down? And he was like, oh yeah. And he went to the grip and he was just like, pull harder. <laughs> that, you know, I think there's a kernel of truth to that. We are joking, but there's a kernel of truth to, to adding some genuine peril to a horror movie and making it better. Like the new Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, it was sad terrible. piece of shit, and oh, it's, and really? and the original Evil Dead is phenomenal, and part of that is because the actors are genuinely scared. There's terrible, terrible things happening to them when they're making it. I gotta say, I liked the new Evil Dead. Um, I did an article about this that they did put the actors in peril. They did, yeah. What they did? Yeah, they buried one alive, covered her face with a plastic bag. It was nowhere near the torture of the original Evil Dead. That sounds bad, though. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it's true is that the new one can't possibly compare to the old one, but. The one thing I'll give it is that it didn't try. Like, it didn't try to give us a new Ash. You know, it knew that okay. that was a lost cause. You know, I'd say, like, I guess it's the same with Old Boy, and I'll give this to Old Boy, is that someone was going to remake it. That's just what was going to happen. So the fact that Spike Lee did it and that people gave what they could to it, you got to give it credit for that because it's just like someone's going to do this. Yeah, writer and editor for the site, Dan O'Brien, has a theory about Old Boy that Spike Lee saw that movie saw how ri- how great it was and cool and thought, well, there's a huge quadrant of an American audience who will never see this. I'm not going <laughs> to necessarily do this just to make money. I just, they should know that this exists. And so he remade it for an American audience just so they would see it. That could be. And bless him for that, huh? I'd be good with that. Maybe I wish not. they do a re-release or something of the uh, original. I really need to see the original. Yeah. The director... I'm, I'm acting like I'm all anti-subtitles, but I'm not. <laughs> the director did his first American film called Stoker. Sell out. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking not bad. Sell out. I don't think it's bad at all. Okay, so here's a movie, a remake that I loved that people seem to hate, House of Wax. <laughs> Did anyone see the 2005 House of Wax? Yeah, man, I wrote about it. I wrote about it in a column about... Um, Starring Paris Hilton. Yeah, I wrote about a column of on-screen deaths that we cheered way too hard for. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She really gets it in that movie. Yeah, she gets a... I don't want to spoil it for everyone. Well, actually, now I do. She gets a stake through the head. Yeah, 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 yeah. That movie is so good. House. Of, if you've never seen the House of Wax remake, go watch it. I don't care if Paris Hilton's in it. For one thing, she's barely in it. Like Soren said, you get to see her die. 
Uh, she dances around scantily clad right before she dies, as she's supposed to in a horror movie. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. That's when she dies. It's a really well done movie. Like the jump scenes that every movie tries to do, theirs were really effective. It wasn't as cheesy as you would expect a movie with that kind of premise to be. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm noticing a theme here, and I I think I agree with it, is that horror movies in general, I feel like you're allowed to remake them and still make them great. We're just better at scaring people now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, we have these new tools. Let's remake Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. And, like, they did that remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Biel. Yeah. And it's exhausting to watch. They really know how to throw everything at you. Yeah. Well, the reason that didn't work is there's no changes to chainsaw technology since the <laughs> 70s. Like, you can change everything you want going on around it, but that's about it. It's an electric trimmer. Those yeah. are, those invented in 1988, and so they were like, oh, let's, let's update <laughs> it kills, this. kills with a weed whacker. <laughs> that I'd watch. I think that works the same as comedy, too, because what we define as funny constantly changes and horror movies the same way i remember the house on haunted hill people hated that remake so i went back and watched the original and the original has like vincent price puppeteering a skeleton <laughs> to scare his <laughs> wife and it's just like what the fuck is this like yeah it's terrible yeah i'm not a huge fan of 50s movies it was just a different time and people laughed at different shit well back they, then they and, didn't understand how to create a real environment they're still creating like they're still set on being like well we're gonna film this play so yeah, it's all yeah, master yeah, yeah. shots. Yeah, and it just doesn't do it for me. I know I'm supposed to give it a pass because it was back then and they weren't working with the same bells and whistles, but we at least need to take that into account when we're calling Wings one of the best fucking movies of all time. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, I mean, it was a good movie for its time, but if you put that in theaters today, it would be the next Zizix Road or whatever the fuck that <laughs> Catherine Heigl movie that yeah. did $8 at the box office was. I do think some older movies still hold up, like Harvey, Jimmy oh, Stewart. yeah, about the giant rabbit. Just drinking with an imaginary rabbit. Like, that's something that never gets Well, that's a premise me. that's never going to get old. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I think what happens is the ones that, that lose their luster is because they become part of the cultural lexicon. You go back and you watch even a movie like Wayne's World now, and it's impossible to watch. Yeah. It seems so yeah. dumb because... We're tired of that. We we loved it so much that we integrated it into every, the way that we talk. All these movies took a lot of notes from Wayne's World, and we hate it now. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it's because we're so sick of it. We got it. We did it, and then we did it too much, and then we over we OD'd on it. So there's movies like the like Harvey that are original, and that everyone just sort of went, yeah, that's a good movie, and then forgot about. That's the best thing that can happen to you as a movie. Yeah. Because yeah, it yeah. means that you're still going to, you'll have this lasting power because everyone will go back and be like, oh, shit, this was good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Brett's one. dad. <laughs> <laughs> Cussing up a storm. Brett, say a curse word. Pussy. Thank you. <laughs> oh, he went with a good choice. one, too. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, dad. Brett cusses, too. <laughs> yeah, so House of Wax was amazing. I don't care <laughs> I what anyone says. It is actually, yeah, I was scared during House of Wax. Which, yeah, yeah. I watched it again last night. It is truly a scary movie. And they doll Alicia Cuthbert up. You don't even recognize her at first. She's got like a brown mullet. But then mm-hmm. you're like, no, that's Alicia Cuthbert. She can have a mullet. It's fine. Yeah, it was a good movie. Fuck you all. I think people just gave it shit because Paris Hilton was in it. I didn't even bother seeing it. So I'm going to have to be one of those people who goes and watches it now. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Well, there were How a lot of... How dare you? I'll do it tonight. I'll get back to you. There were a lot of shitty people. I'll turn in something it. in. They also had that yeah. kid from like One Tree Hill or whatever. Yeah, Chad Mike, Chad, Chad Michael Murray. Murray, 
Boy, he looks like a douchebag. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I he think... always looks like he's up to something. Ooh, he's in the Left Behind movie. I like when that guy shows up. Oh, is he like a crazy religious dude now, or did he just do it for the money? Well, Nicolas Cage is also in it, so I'm guessing money. Oh yeah, Nicolas Cage. God love him. That's going to be an amazing remake. That's yeah. actually I have on here. The Wicker Man, I think, is going to surpass its original. Really? Not for the reasons that it's good, but right, just right. that it's way more memorable than the original. I've never seen the original Wicker Man. Man, I, I haven't either. <laughs> I don't feel like I need to. Yeah. I loved it. I would love it if we all came in here with movies that are remakes that were like, we love this fucking remake. And then it's because we never saw the original. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is a really good idea. Yeah. I've never. He hits all these guys with a hammer. It's incredible. There's this whole scene where he walks down this hallway just fighting guys with a hammer. Who thinks of that? <laughs> good stuff. Are there any remakes that you think get more credit than they deserve? Soren. Yeah, the RoboCop remake, considered a failure, but I think that it didn't even fail hard enough. I watched this on my plane ride <laughs> from Montreal and was mad like when I got there. Wow. Because this movie is terrible. They do everything wrong with a remake. They, they mess up their own lines. They try to find the pieces of the first part, or the first movie, that they really liked and that they thought audiences would respond to. And then they sort of tainted them a little bit. Been like, look, we're putting our own original spin on it this time. <laughs> yeah. Alive or dead, you're coming with me. Or like, things like that. And you're like, what? What are you doing? What people loved about that movie was that it was so violent. It's like yeah. the most violent movie of the 80s. And you watch the original, uh, you watch the new one, and there's maybe two fight scenes in it. The scene where he gets destroyed, basically tortured yeah. with a gun. That's, there's one shot of that. And then, it's, and then it cuts away. Who made that decision? I don't know. Also, some real, some real glaring holes in this new one. Like he had these very limited body parts that he could keep. His face being one of them, his lungs being one of them, and then his hand. Like I don't know why they bothered to keep that. Just because it was preserved, <laughs> they kept the hand. You have that. You clearly have the ability to make a robot hand instead, and he's yeah. safer. Like you, you don't have to deal with this thing that can get paper cuts and stuff like that. Yeah, just give him a robot hand. Yeah, once you've started attaching robot parts to me, give me. Give me the full robot. Don't yeah. fucking leave me shitty human parts. They also said that 80% of his body was was ruined in the fire. <laughs> but when you actually see him, there's like there's there's about maybe 10% of a man there. <laughs> it's like, well, what did you do with the other pieces? I don't know. We just didn't want them. Scrapped them. <laughs> Gave Scrap- them to some made, made a new hand out of them. <laughs> oh, I've ne- yeah, I haven't seen the RoboCop remake. Did you see it, David Bell? Yeah, and I instantly forgot it after seeing it. I remember there was a robot man in it, and uh, yeah, that's about it. The guy from uh, the guy from what's it called from uh, that show, The Killing? He's in there. Oh, the lead detective. Yeah, the white dude who looks kind of like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, which was the weirdest choice for RoboCop. Yeah, he's a of. weird choice for every movie. Yeah, he's like the Vanilla Ice of actors. He's a ama- he looks like Kevin Federline kind of. Yeah, and he looks kind of like Snoop Dogg on The Killing. Which I know is a weird thing to say, but... Well, he's in The Killing. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. He's just got this in the ca- I'm not saying Snoop Dogg's oh, in The Killing. Oh, I think <laughs> there was an episode with Snoop Dogg in it, and he looks just like him. As amazing as that would be. That's a cameo we should make happen. See, look at that. He looks like Snoop Dogg. He looks like the chronic era Snoop Dogg. Still kind of shy, not like a celebrity yet. That's him. That is early Snoop Dogg right there. And he talks like him, too. That's the best part. Um, but anyway, do, don't see RoboCop. It looks like they were they didn't want to do the project from the beginning. They were only doing it because they knew it would make money. And they're like, well, 
I guess we should remake this. And so just the whole thing feels very begrudging. <laughs> yeah, it feels like they're going through the motions. Also, didn't they have a safety trigger where they can shut them off? Yeah, so and they ruined then, the whole premise. Like, they, what? <laughs> there's a, uh, you know, he has the prerogatives where he, he's not allowed to shoot somebody who's wearing this one wristband, was it? I can't remember. Anyone who's, who's wearing this, the robots can't kill them. It's just, like, in their programming. And at the end, he's just really mad. So at that point, he's allowed to shoot the guy who's wearing the wristband. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that also, they have a kill switch that they use, like, twice. And then he goes on the last rampage, and they just don't use it anymore. That's right. Yeah, they that do forget sense. that that exists. I, I <laughs> yeah. didn't even realize that till now. Oh, plot holes. David Bell, you wanted to talk about plot holes, didn't you? You were mad. You're mad at the cracked audience. I was Let them have it. Because we did a few articles now kind of pointing out plot holes of recent movies like Transformers, which that was fish in a barrel. There but, were plot um, holes in that? Yeah. Come yeah. on. All right, keep going. And Rise of the Planet, or Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And a lot of the comments I've noticed have been accusing Cracked of hating movies that they point out plot holes for. Right. Which I just think is silly. Because, I mean, especially with Dawn, I really like Dawn, but the only reason we're able to point out plot holes, I always thought, is because we just watch them a shitload. Yeah, you and have to really pay attention to a movie to point out plot holes. Yeah, if it's a good like more than movie. the average viewer. When you say Don, do you mean from Dust Hill? No. Do you mean Land of the <laughs> the new? No, let's see the new uh, uh, Tony Orlando and Don. <laughs> Which is funny because I just said that, but now I'm I kind of want to talk about why Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Don were overrated. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked Rise. Rise was first, right? Yeah. I liked that one. I did not like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Really? I'm the exact opposite, but I have a... Well, fuck you. I have a theory for what they should have done with these movies, is for Rise, they should have never told anybody it was a Planet of the Apes prequel. I think that would have made the movie so much more interesting, because my problem with these movies is you watch them and you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Like every true. every time they're like, oh, the humans are captured. We got to save them. It's just like, well, what does it matter? They're all going to die. <laughs> they're all going to die. They could change it at some point, though. Yeah. I just wish going going back to the movie Congo, <laughs> I wish they did a movie like Congo where halfway through you're like, oh, my God, is this fucking Planet of the Apes? <laughs> and then it just becomes Planet of the Apes. That, uh, is that randomly. what Congo turned into Planet of the Apes? No, it should have. Oh. Yeah, I've never seen... I don't think I've ever seen Congo. Do yourself a favor. Watch the last 10 minutes of Congo. Just the last 10 minutes. Okay. Because it's a Laura Linney fighting monster apes with a laser gun to get to a hot air balloon. That is the ending. Wow. That's right. They're carrying a bunch of diamonds and shooting laser guns at violent apes. Yeah. You'd think they'd be like, how did it come to this? That's how you kill apes, though. I think. Laser gun, yeah. Laser yeah. gun? Yeah, yeah. silver bullet for wolfmen and laser gun for gorillas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I didn't like the new Planet of the Apes. I thought there was a lot of talking. I don't come to hear apes talk. I definitely don't come to read them talk. Like, I don't give a shit what <laughs> you those... You do hate subtitles. Well, it's not that I hate... <laughs> don't give me fucking ape subtitles. I don't... I'm not... No one is there. Everyone who said anything about the movie who likes it, it's always, oh, that scene on top of the tank, though. Well, yeah, that was neat, but there was also like 25 minutes of these motherfuckers sign languaging to each other, which I really don't care. I know what your plan is. That, that could have taken a book, uh, a, a lesson from the book of Congo there. They, you know, in the book of Congo by Michael Crichton, 
Lucy has sign language. She does sign language. She's right. the, the good gorilla, <laughs> the good kind. <laughs> right. Uh, One of the good ones. There really is kind of like a birth of a nation vibe to Congo, <laughs> by the way. They're like, they're like, oh, no, he's, he's, she's one of the good ones. She's with us. She does sign language. And then they're like, no, we can do that in the movie. And they're like, no one will watch subtitles. Adam Brown wants to watch this movie. Yeah, exactly. So they, they basically gave her a machine that translates her sign language for That's her. Amazing. Perfect. Robot arm. Perfect. Yeah, they couldn't do that in Planet of the Apes. We have to see these dipshits. Lazy. Lazy. Talking back and forth. The idea was there. And we get so excited when they say, go! (laughs) You've had so much time to learn how to talk, you stupid ape. You have one word. Fuck you. Why didn't they just ask the apes to turn the wheel or whatever? Like, they just needed to get in there and do, like, one fucking thing, it seemed like. Right. It didn't even need to be this war. Like, offer them up a fucking banana. I was confused about the relationship the humans have with the apes. Because it begins with a guy, like, really scared of the apes at the beginning. And then they're really shocked that they're smart. And then they talk about how they haven't seen each other in years. But they're, like, right next to each other. (laughs) And I couldn't figure out, like, what the hell has been happening the last ten years? Have they been just... Keeping to themselves. Hey, remember how apes took over San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Man. You know, we we have those t-shirts that say never forget, but I forgot, honestly. (laughs) Is there a power plant there or anything we should go check on? (laughs) Fucking apes. Personally, I think the Marky Mark one was more true to the spirit of the original Planet of the Apes. I'm not saying it's a better film. I'm just saying that a bunch of like good actors, they had like Tim Roth in there and Michael Clark Duncan, like good actors and ape makeup. With, like, one really weird hamming up main star, which is Mark Wahlberg. Like, that felt more like the spirit of a Planet of the Apes movie. Because the originals aren't... They're cheesy. They're very cheesy. Yeah. And so was the Marky Mark one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If that's the element from the original movie that you want to encapsulate and keep forever in a bottle, (laughs) then yeah, you're right. Then you're right. They did capture the cheese. Bring back those ape costumes. Yeah. What's with the real apes? I really like the ape costumes. The motion capture was amazing in the new one, but I don't know. I don't know if I told this story on the podcast yet, but I went to like a publicity thing for the first Planet of the Apes movie, and uh, they didn't show us the movie, but they showed us behind-the-scenes shots and shit, and they made it very clear that we were not to take pictures. And at one point, they showed Andy Circus in his motion capture rig, and I took a picture of it and posted it on Facebook. Oh, no. And two minutes later, the people emailed me and were like you know we paid you for this right we will take your money back because i had signed like a non-disclosure oh wow and they found you that quick yeah because it was like i was on a trip with all these fucking internet people why did you do that you shouldn't have done it because it was neat looking so that's for you that's for you to enjoy you don't have to share that with everybody i deleted it from my phone you could have just taken a shot of him doing Gollum and told everybody it was Planet <laughs> yeah, of the Apes. Yeah, that's what I should have said. Yeah. should have said, no, no, no. Really, that's not the or close King analog, Kong. yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, just him in, the, him in a green balcony pretending <laughs> to, to talk down to uh, whatever her name is. Insert blonde woman. Oh, that's so sexist, Soren. Don't say that. What, in said it. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts, that's right. What is she in? King Kong. Oh, King Kong. Yeah, that's the uh, movie that inspired my column this week. They announced another King Kong remake yes, at Comic Con. No. Really? Yeah, like unexpectedly, no one even it's saw an origin it coming. Story. It's an origin story. Don't yeah. we know where apes came from? Right. <laughs> well, no. There, you know, there actually is a battle over where they came from, Adam. That's, <laughs> that's r- true. That's in our schools right now. <laughs> I'd like them to tackle like the classic plot hole of why did they build a giant door. Um, maybe they'll finally show that why they decided to build the big ape-sized door for the ape wall. 
That's a good question. It would be really interesting if in the new remake where they're doing the origin story of him, if they were like, and this is where he came from. See, there was a garden and they put (laughs) man in there and man was in control of all the animals. (laughs) That would be be pretty bold. (laughs) And just play it all out. Make that 30, 30, 35 minutes of the movie. And you know, this is being done by legendary pictures, which is also doing Godzilla, which says all sorts of potential there of where this is all heading. Well, they also did the the last King Kong movie. Right. Which was terrible, I thought. Yeah, Godzilla, speaking of that, fuck the new Godzilla. Thank you. It's so bad. Soren, did you like it? I haven't seen it, but I, the trailers really got me hooked. I thought it looked so amazing in those trailers. It's one of those movies where the trailer is super, super amazing. And everything you see in the trailer is pretty much the action in the movie. It's a Godzilla movie. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know if I was expecting some kind of really rich I was plot expecting Godzilla. Around it. But yeah, I mean, we got Godzilla. Sort of. I, I think maybe I'm just, maybe I've gotten too old for it. I don't know. His fight scenes were cool, but it was a stupid fucking movie. Yeah. They tried to do this combination. I hate the way they do these grounded reboots where they're like, we have to try to add some realism to this or something. Yeah. Where they have people talking forever and they have like maybe 15 minutes of Godzilla. And like, it's this weird thing where they present it like, okay, we're in a grounded reality, but then there's tons of plot holes. And if you point them out to anybody, they're like, yeah, well, it's Godzilla. And it's like, but they, yeah, they, they can't be your presented disclaimer. it. Yeah. Just, just looking at the cast list, I see Brian Cranston, Joe Brody, Elizabeth Olsen, L. Brody, Carson Bold, Sam Brody. Oh no, you gave him a family. You tried to add gave some. Gave him the Jaws family. You tried to yeah. add like that element to it. Oh, I'm no longer going to see this movie. And the two yeah. best things about it are barely in it, which is. Cranston and Godzilla. Yeah, the only thing in that movie less than Maybe Brian Cranston is Godzilla. It's possible that we're just, we don't know how to ever make another giant monster tearing up the city movie ever again. Like, I thought Cloverfield was good. I didn't like it. I thought it was bad. I thought Pacific Rim was terrible. The, the potential of Pacific Rim. Rim was so great. Yeah. But we're just, some. I guess we're just over these giant monsters tearing up shit. There's I think not, so. Yeah, there's not much you can really go with that. It's just you have the giant monster, they tear up a city. Like yeah. We've seen it a, a few times now. It's hard to explore that. It's not exactly yeah. a rich topic, is it? It's and just they, you know what's going on. I mentioned this last time we talked about Godzilla, but there is a scene in the new Godzilla where that fucking monster has been tearing up the city for days. And I don't remember, what was he fighting? Like Mothra or something? Like a, Mutos? Like a fucking, Mutos, I think. Whatever it was. The thing he's fighting comes flying into downtown wherever. Where were they? Was San Francisco. San Francisco. Every, yeah, everything. Pre, uh, pre-monkey San Francisco. Yeah, everything, <laughs> Sorry, everything bad happens in San Francisco. The monster he's fighting comes flying into downtown San Francisco, which has been almost completely evacuated by this point. And there's still, like, office workers up on this top floor pounding away at their social media jobs just so they can have that scene where he hits the building and everyone goes, ah! No, they wouldn't still be at work. Which that you, Twitter guru is still yeah, there at the Clorox. If it department. rains too hard, I stay home. I'm not coming to work through a fucking monster attack. That's crazy. If you remember the '98 Godzilla, also had that people uh, doing their jobs while the monster was going <laughs> next to it. I got to do a quick fix about how that movie is essentially the same as the '98 one because it has all the same elements in it. it. Has like all these great actors, and then they're just like, let's give them nothing to do. Yeah, and then just. Yeah, it had the laying eggs story again. It had a lot of the similar the visuals. It just I, it had the army being just 
almost stupider than the Roland Emmerich one. Yeah. Where they're like, let's put everybody on the Golden Gate Bridge and then fire missiles at it. <laughs> it was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was terrible. Really terrible. But uh, people loved it. Does anyone have any other movies they really wanted to talk about that we're leaving out? I had a list of potential ones, but none of them I was that passionate about. I did want to argue why the Poseidon remake was good. That is on my column, movies that we will never stop remaking. Oh, really? Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, because, I mean, watching a ship fucking flip over and people drown, like, that never gets old. Also, Kurt Russell, I thought was a great, he was amazing in that. How for many, being Kurt Russell. How many ways can you depict that on screen, though? I think we've captured boats sinking in film as best as we're going to. It's true. I think the survival action never gets old. And that's what Poseidon did a really good job at yeah. portraying, is people just fighting to survive and like the element of drowning, which always gets to me. I'm not going to defend it if anybody doesn't like the movie. <laughs> But that, I really, really enjoyed. Did they at Poseidon least keep Ray. that scene where the, the strongest protagonist jumps up to that wheel that he has to turn over a pit of fire and starts, like, <laughs> hanging on it and turning it in midair and then loses all of his strength and has to let go into where the pit of fire sharks, and sacrifice himself? Sharks in the fire pit? They have that, actually, just not in fire. It's not fire what or is wheel. It, a vat of acid? It's a bit of a spoiler. Shards of um, glass? It's drowning. It's just drowning. Oh, but scary. It's really... On a boat? Yeah. It's weird. Right. No fire? There's Come fire. On. There's fire. It's just not... No um, fire on a sinking boat. Fire. All right. Watching that as a child, that ingrained itself in several of the pretend games that I would play with my toys. Like, a yeah. pit of fire was just yeah. the coolest idea in the world. A lake of fire that as soon as you fell in it, you were dead. Yeah. The but floor is lava. It's hard to maintain just to have a pit of fire. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's like harder than a hot tub. Yeah. And, and hot tubs are hard, man. Hot you tubs are hard to maintain. You got chemicals you got to put in there. But not like keeping a constant fire burning. <laughs> not at all like it. All right, we should go on to the last thing. Brett hit it. It's a big world out there. You say a lot of things, and it's easy to feel like nobody pays attention to those things. I want you to know that's not true. The segment is called Your Voice Matters, where we read your stupid fucking comments from the past few episodes and respond to them personally. Damn, that's tender. Yeah, that was touching. Isn't it? We're going to read some comments because I stopped doing this for a long time and people stopped commenting. Imagine <laughs> that. And now people comment again. So fine. Microshock.com podcasts. Plug, 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 I guess. At 3317 of the episode Songs That Should Disappear Forever says, Canada apologizes for Avril Lavigne. We do have some cool punk rock, though. Check out DOA. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. It's also really ambitious of him to assume that you've never heard of DOA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, listen, I got this hot new band you're going to fucking love. <laughs> Check this. This track is sick. Yeah. No, I'm not taking uh, suggestions from Canada. Not on music. Not at all. Are you familiar with DOA? I don't even know who the fuck they are. Yeah. Are they a good band? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really like punk anymore. I feel like I, Are they the I outgrew that when I graduated high school and I was no longer <laughs> like unfocused angsty. <laughs> I got to say, I still only listen to punk, but I will never call it good music. It's 
it's not good music. Oh, come on. It's Don't emotional music. Oh, like jeez. But the emotions aren't very complex either. No. It's mostly just anger. So are they like the crash test dummies of punk? I never actually listened to DOA. How about oh, the I've crash test them. dummies? Uh, <laughs> uh, once there was this girl <laughs> who parents made her walk home every day right after school. I don't, I don't, I don't that was amazing. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, how lazy was that fucking chorus? <laughs> how lazy was that singer? He couldn't get anything out. Yeah. He had to have words in mind for that and was just like, no, these are stupid. I'm just going to hum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crash test dummies. You one hit wonder sons of bitches. No, I'm not going to check out DOA. Sorry, motherfucker. All right, next comment. JT Ford at 5127 of the episode Songs That Should Disappear Forever says, To be fair, there is nothing worse than a waffle taco. You know, I bet there isn't. I don't remember. That's a fair statement. I think we must talk about food on every fucking episode because I get a comment relating to fast food pretty much every show. Have you had the waffle taco? And I don't think this will be any different. Mm -hmm. No, I have not had it. How is it? It is kind of like meth where (laughs) you like it and that's the problem. Ah. Where you're like, you know, like it's good but not in a a clean way. (laughs) In a like, uh, you want to hide from the world after doing it. So it's just like a waffle, like they fold it? It's disgusting. It's rubbery. It's You gotta put the maple syrup on there. That's key. Oh, come on. How many of these have you eaten? I did a quick fix about trying out fast food, so I ate way too many. Ugh. I ate several in one day with various types of alcohol. That was the worst night of my life. It's definitely something everybody should try at least once, just to experience it. I um, absolutely will not. Oh, you gotta. I tried a McGriddle and I hate it. What? Yeah. Shut your goddamn mouth. It's the worst fucking thing. It is the it is the epitome of the bliss point. It's so good. <laughs> no, it's not. They solved it, man. You're it's it's like butter and sugar and salt all in one thing, and then like all the great textures, and at the end your teeth feel like you just drank six cokes. <laughs> it's like I can't do it. I just don't like the sweet. I don't know. It's the closest to tasting mad science that you'll ever get. <laughs> You know, like in the Hook where they're eating all that imaginary food? Like, that's the kind of shit that food tastes like. It's just... It's, it's just <laughs> You're doing it, sugary Peter. magic. Yeah. <laughs> You're making a McGriddle, Peter. <laughs> that makes me feel better about how much I like the McRib. The fact that I don't eat McGriddles. Yeah. Like, I feel like... <laughs> well, at least I'm not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that cancels one out. So, I feel good about it. All right. That's the end of the comments. Anyone have anything to plug? Soren? Yeah, we're doing a we're doing a a new series that's coming up, probably right around the same time as this column and this podcast, which is Yeah. Uh, uh, called Anti Heroes. Thursday, July thirty first, this comes out. Yeah, then you'll see it. I think it's at the the first week of August it starts we start releasing it. Nice. And it yeah, it's a series called Anti Heroes about a bunch of uh friends who get superpowers and then treat them like you would in the real world, which is to say that you never tell anyone about them and only use them for petty reasons in your own life. Yeah, that's nice. absolutely what I would do. I'd commit some crimes, too. They do a little of that, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's important. David Bell, what do you got going on? Just uh, keep reading the quick fixes. That's all I'm doing. More that's quick it? fixes. Just go Just on Cracked, keep... click on quick fixes, and read all of those. And then don't do anything else and the rest of the share day. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah? You should come see Unpopular Opinion August 5th. Alex Schmidt, ooh, that's exciting, nice. is going to be telling jokes. He's, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. He 
works for Cracked. That's very exciting. I'm, I can't wait to see him do stand-up. I have a feeling that it's, the difference is night and day with him. Because you see him in person, he's the nicest, most humble, very very kind of nervous guy. I have yeah. a feeling that on stage, he just cuts loose. He's like DOA out there. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with DOA. <laughs> Great punk band. But they really, they let the, they let the system have it. I've, I've seen uh, Alex Schmidt do stand-up. He's more like DMX. I gotta but, say, oh, does he use whistles? Yeah, and he barks. <laughs> it's great. He comes up shirtless, covered in blood. I am it's his amazing. roommate, and I gotta say, he is a fucking monster. Does yeah, everyone just, who guests on this podcast live with Alex Schmidt? They should. <laughs> There's yeah, we should actually pull the veil back a little bit on the cracked world. There are a bunch of new employees. There's David. There's Josh. There's Alex, and then. Robert Evans has been here for a little while, but yeah. now all these guys live in like a real a world type house together. A studio apartment. Yep. It's 250 square feet. And yeah, except instead of pool tables and like a giant aquarium, they all just have cats. <laughs> yeah. And we just sit and watch movies and write. And uh, it's actually kind of boring. Yeah. I can't the wait to visit. The cats are having a yeah. way better time it's, than us. It sounds really awful. Yeah. It sounds oh, like. God, yeah. It sounds like my regular life, but there's more people there. Yeah. Mm. It's more crowded. Pass. I will pass. So if you ever imagine all of the cracked writers all knowing each other and living together, you're absolutely right. They do. Yeah. It's it's weird. For once. This is like if you've imagined it all these years, it's finally happened. And uh, yeah, like Soren said, kind of unsettling. Yeah. We, we talk about it a lot when they're not around. <laughs> really weirds us out. Yeah. So August 5th, come see me and Alex Schmidt. And uh, I don't know who else is on that show. Melinda Hill, Byron Bowers. Good comics. And follow me on Twitter at Adam Todd Brown. Follow the show at Unpops. And that's all, goddammit. Brett, do you want to say anything? No. Okay, good. Brett cursed, but we're, we edit, we're going to edit it out Aww. so his dad doesn't hear it. He said fuck. I said pussy, goddammit. <laughs> oh, we got the cunt dinger. No one said cunt. There it goes. We'll explain it another time. All right, say goodbye, Soren. Goodbye, thanks for having me. Say goodbye, David Bell. Goodbye. Goodbye.